welcome back, Kingsters. I think it's a new year or about to be a new year by the time this episode is released. So I hope you've had a nice festive season and also a good new year planned. So gonna get straight into it. This is an update episode. I wanna talk a little bit more about the session I've had recently with my therapist regarding the inner child and how I'm working with the part of myself that doesn't feel that I am worth being in connection with, I'm worth being intimate with. This comes from a thought system or a thought belief that I have when I'm with guys where I feel very absent or disassociated from what's happening in the room. It's kind of like I'm observing myself and I can't, I don't actually know what it is I want or where or where my needs need to be met or wants need to be met. So it's very confusing. It's in the first episode of this season, if you want to get a bit more background. So a bit bit of an update with that. And I also want to speak about a new online account that I've made. Oh no. <laughs> and also just putting all that into context and running it parallel to meeting guys in my present day and how it's a bit difficult to navigate that scene. So let's go to the first part with the update in the therapy. So we in the last inner child episode, I made contact, and I'm speaking in kind of metaphor, but in a way not, but I made contact with a part of myself that felt an incredible amount of rejection. And that's the part that my therapist and myself are associating with the thought system that I am unlovable or I am not worthy. And see, that feeds into the kink that I get into. Now, I'm not trying to rid the kink that I'm into, but at times it has a large amount of power and gravity, which can make it feel quite sticky and addictive. So in internal family systems therapy, what they, from what I understand, is that they try to locate the feelings where those thoughts come from, those thought systems, and then you in a way, personify them. So for me, it's the little boy. And the little boy, in the last session with the therapist, um, expressed that they weren't loved. Now, that experience is always subjective because parents or caregivers may have been giving love and attention, but the child may not have experienced it like that. So there's never blame here. Everyone did what they did and does what they do. Uh, So this is not a mission to say it's your fault. It's just my experience, which I do resonate with. Um, I don't feel in the way that I interpret it that much attention was given to myself growing up. We had other issues in the family, which is like every other family. And yeah, for for whatever circumstance, it just wasn't my... I didn't feel the spotlight. That's probably the best way to say it. So I, I got in touch with that part. In the last, the second, I don't know how to say this, in the second last session with the therapist, and there was a lot of uh, upset. And then I was also, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I was also shown an even younger version who felt disconnected. So there was a lot of sitting with the feeling and, and speaking to the feeling and trying to bring it into a place that it had more, much more, sense of agency and independence and love which is really good and then just from that I actually felt a lot of energy so that kind of 
that, that says something, doesn't it? I a lot of energy after that. I went out on the Saturday night and it was really good. I I had people asking me, you know, what are you on? What are you on? And I'm like, no, nothing. Like, I've been drinking, but that's it. But the energy I had was incredible. And I'd like to believe that it's shifting these parts of you. IFS, internal family systems, would love that. They would say, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so, there, yeah, I did feel something different. And I felt more confident. Uh, but, of course, it can't all be resolved in one session. So I went back to therapy last week. And we uh, tried to make contact with the part, and we did. But this time, there was a stubbornness. The child, the three-year-old, was incredibly stubborn and angry. And we spent a large part of the session, I spent a large part of the session, just watching the child and letting it be angry. So if you want to just make that more relatable, just sitting with the feeling of rejection or abandonment or, or unlovability... That's not a word, but I'm going to use it anyway. And just sitting with that. So that's what I did in the last session. Just trying to show that I'm going to give all my attention and focus to this uh, boy that never got loved in the way that it needed to, you know. So it was quite intense, uh, quite surprising, because I've never seen that much anger inside of me expressed. Like this part was just refusing to... Um, come close, it was refusing to take any sort of compassion. It did, at the end, there was a compassionate image of some sort of ghostly arms hugging the whole scene, um, but I think there's a lot more work to do in that. So, yeah, it's quite something. Yeah, and I just want to say, I know this can sound quite abstract, and, and it's definitely not for everyone, but I do believe that some of the problems or some of the issues we face can't really be always tackled through the intellect and through conversation and the cognitive. I'm an incredibly imaginative person and I want to use my sensitivity towards creativity and imagination to help in my development. So that's why IFS for me, is, is, it's, it works. And I've done a lot of therapy. I saw a therapist for two years when I was in my early 20s. I saw a therapist for two and a half years in my late 20s. I saw other therapists for at 10 to 14 sessions. You know, I've done I've done a bit of therapy. And this one, I do think I am actually sitting in my feelings, you know. So that, that's quite something. I'm curious to see if... I mean, I, I also have some skepticism, etc. It's a bit odd. It's a bit strange. But um, I'm giving it my all. And I hope it helps. So just to illustrate some of the behaviours that I'm still doing, I'm still searching for straight guys. I'm offering money. I'm quite worried. I spoke to my friends, actually, and I said, I think I may have a problem. And I just told them what I've been doing because I know that addiction thrives in shame. Sorry, addiction thrives in secrecy. Um, so I am quite honest and open about my experience. And I'm not, I don't want to go down that road of, you know, I don't mind paying a guy. Like people pay escorts or, you know, sex workers all the time. My fear is... You know, I pay once and I'm like, oh, I really like that. I want to do it again. So I pay again. And then all of a sudden it's this once a week thing and I don't have that income. So I'm a bit nervous about all that. That's one of my blocks. And also, you know, I don't know if this is obvious or not, but I also am a thinker and I reflect a lot and I don't, uh, I want to make sure that my kinks are as sustainable as they can be and as balanced as they can be. And I think that takes work. 
yeah, I don't know. I think I've got a lot to work on in terms of my relationship to my kinks. So, yeah, we'll try and do that. And I keep searching for that same experience of just worshipping a straight guy's trainers, or any guy's trainers, to be honest, but they have to be a particular type. Um, and they're a bit bullied. So, yeah. I've done it before, but it's still there. I mean, of course it's still there, but I've done it before, but the sexual fantasy is a strong one. So, in parallel to this, when I'm on dating apps, especially Grindr, I still get people offering money to worship my feet or trainers, etc. And um, that has, you know, and I've got a big complex with money. So I've, I oblige. <laughs> and it's good. I actually do enjoy it, to be honest. I do enjoy it. Something about it. Uh, but that's led me to then make another Twitter account and Instagram account. The Instagram account is an interesting one because that's the one. So I found um, AI. I'm using AI and I'm creating the kind of chavs that I really like. <laughs> and um, essentially just kind of creating the fantasy from my head into image. And that's quite exciting. So I'm making a um, Instagram on AI art and also slowly, slowly weaving in some of my own stuff in discretion, like feet and trainers. And then on Twitter, I am, I've started another account, which I said I wouldn't do. So this is another, is it a slip or is it a much more controlled um, decision where I feel okay with? So this Twitter account is another sex work account. So not posting pictures of face or body, but just like feet trainers. And also I've got a lot of footage from previous sessions hopefully getting some attention and then getting clients. So that's quite interesting. And I've also thought about becoming a sex worker more officially um, on the more, I think it's Rent Boys or something. So yeah, there's a lot there. So I'm just interested in how I'm going back to sex work. It's such an interesting move. And I know it feeds into my fear around money. You know, I'm in my late 30s and I've worked very hard my whole life unfortunately, in jobs that don't pay well, jobs that are very important for society that don't pay very, pay very well. And I can see my friends around me buying houses and going on holidays. And I don't, I'm much better at not comparing myself, but sex work and this industry helps me to feel like I have some power over what I earn you know, to get that money in my hand after a session is good. You know, it's good. The problem is, it's, you know, how far is a piece of string? Like, I can get money, etc., but it, it goes to savings. But, you know, if you want to get a deposit on the house, you're going to need, <laughs> like, it's a lot of money. Yeah, so there's a bit of a relationship there with money and there's a lot of resentment in a way as well because I have worked very hard in very noble professions. Um, so that's kind of part of... And also I've got this a new, a new sense of confidence, actually. Um, so I'm going to start that again, see how it goes. Yeah, so that's big news for me because I always felt I wouldn't, but I have. 
to create these new accounts. And then opposite that is meeting guys. So strangely, I'm meeting a lot of men lately, sexually. And the meeting men that I like, um, I met one last night and I really like him. But to tell him about this stuff oh, can be difficult. You know, to say, hey, look, I, I'm a fetish worker. And I say fetish worker, preferably because I don't do oral, anal kissing. It's all just below the knees. Um, Which I think some guys are better with because... Yeah, anyway, and I I do that because I want to keep something special for my partner. So if I was to date someone, I don't want them to think that someone else is sucking me off or, you know, going there. So that's that's why I do it. So it's a very hard thing to tell someone in a way, in a way, maybe it's just about practice, but also to tell them that maybe open relationships are something I'm much more suited to because... Uh, you know, I think identify as the avoidant attachment style. Not as much as I used to be, but definitely I think avoidant is my tendency. And any threat to my independence is really frightening, 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 frightening. So if I date someone and feel that I, I'm going to lose t- time or I'm going to lose a part of my expression, a part of myself, then I get can get very frightened or panicked. And me doing sex work, another layer to that is actually the celebration of masculinity. You know, the celebration of sex. And that I love. And I mean, I went to a club the other night and I just... Beautiful people, beautiful boys. <laughs> and just to kiss them, it's like a lovely thing to be human. You know, it's a lovely thing to be human and to do that. So at the moment, I'm just kind of battling how do I tell people I'm dating? Um, and... Also, I'm just questioning this whole online social stuff. What am I doing here? What's going on? Uh, Yeah. Against the backdrop of trying to work with the inner child. And also against the backdrop of a breakup as well, which I've discussed in other episodes. I won't go on about it here. But that is quite difficult stuff to work with. Yeah. So, yep. Nice little update from me. I hope everyone is well. Um... Yeah, all good. Thanks for listening. I, I, I really appreciate it. I always see the numbers and I just think, oh, people are still listening. Yay. <laughs> I am thinking of doing something more cinematic. I love to film, but I don't really want to um, show my face. And that's partly because my profession, I could lose my profession, which would be a shame. So I'm trying to think, how can I make this much more interesting for you all? And I'm investing in some equipment. And we'll see what comes up. So hopefully something will be mid next year. I know it's like six months away, but hey, it's the best I can do. All right. Anyway, hope you're all well and have a good New Year's.